Soccer Nation, your authoritative source for NCAA Division I collegiate soccer, hosted by Oklahoma Sooners head coach Matt Mott, Rice Owls head coach Brian Lee, and the Duke Blue Devils head coach Robbie Church. They've got the insights, strategies, and insider stories you won't hear anywhere else. From recruiting to national championships, the coaches have it covered. So lace up and let's hit the pitch with Coach Mott, Coach Lee, and Coach Church. Well, hello, College Soccer Nation. This is Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts of the uh, the show I'm the head coach at the Oklahoma Sooners women's soccer team. I've got Brian Lee with me, as always, head coach of the Rice Owls and Robbie Church remotely from a place in unknown parts of the country. Uh, Robbie Church <laughs> of the Duke Blue Devils is here. Um, I don't know how that opened. And Chris is not with us, thank God, because he's not being nasty to me. But hopefully that opening was okay. I'm trying to work on it as Chris wasn't a fond of my opening. But, fellas, how are we doing? Let's start with you, Brian. Well, I'm doing fantastic. I think the listeners should know Robbie's dedication to the podcast he is in a closet in Northern <laughs> California. <laughs> Getting on honest. I love it. Churchy, how are things in California? <laughs> uh, it's pretty dusty in this closet right now that I'm, <laughs> that I'm in over here. So it's pretty nasty in here. But besides that, things are good in California. But life to be told is that I am at the GA event watching okay. games. And thank goodness, uh, Mr. Josh Hodges let me use his, his office to uh, – Oh, he's to so nice. Do, nice, nice to, uh, to do podcasts. But, no, things are great. Happy to be back, happy to be back on and looking forward to talking some, uh, some Final Four, too, in a little while. Yeah, a little college soccer nation. Okay, first thing we're going to do um, – Again, I know we have people that are not college soccer coaches on here, but if we do have some, if you and OG's done a good job of G Guerrero's done a good job of putting this out, but go on and fill out the survey if you can. If you're listening, we need as much support as we can. Um, you know, so to have our voices heard, we're good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so I want to talk about the survey and some of the topics on here, and then hopefully, coaches, you go on and, and fill it out so we can have good participation. Um, with with what we want so but we will get into what some of the things college soccer nation wants and, and the three of us may be different on on what we want but the first one i think is really interesting making all personnel sit on the team bench except one coach now i do believe that's coming from the mls mls has that you get carded if you're up if there's two of you up coaching at the same time but we'll start with you brian what's your thoughts on that first one of the survey um you know in a perfect world, I'd prefer everybody sit on, sit down and relax. And maybe the head coach, including myself, sit down and relax sometimes. But I think it's college sports. And I enjoy seeing even the other teams standing up, cheering their teammates on, uh, having some fun, which is a big no, no, part no. of it. It's not, it's not the players. Oh, just oh, the no, coach? Maybe, no, maybe it is. Uh, making all personnel sit on the team bench except for yeah. one coach. Yeah, so it is the players, too. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I didn't read that right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, you must have failed that answer then. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do Thin, what you want. You know, it's match back to him. Put yeah. a, uh, if the kids want to pull out a flag and put on a horse head and run up and down the sideline, I'm all for it. Yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Churchy? Oh, boy. Uh, so I have a question for First, and may, I don't know if either one of you have been on this committee at all. Where do the questions, where do the survey 
questions come from? Are they, is it just this group? Do they survey other groups to, to ask the question? Because I've never seen this one. You know, most of the time you see them go through the cycle for two or three years. You know, how long have we been talking about the referees with the clock? How long we've we been talking about yeah. substitutions? All of those things have been in there for years and years, right? So, but this one I've never seen before. So how do they come up with, is it just the people in the committee or do they get this, like you say, oh, MLS is doing this. This is a good idea. Why don't we see what the what the um, the group wants? Does anybody know? Yeah, Brian, you you're on the survey or on the rules committee, right? I would, yeah, I was on the rules committee, and uh, if unless you really really want to serve coaches, I would I would advise against it. It's a bore <laughs> fest. But um, <laughs> you need people to do those things and have a voice. That committee is made up of every division and every gender. So these questions aren't specific to you know, nine out of 10 times aren't specific to women. These are, or women's division one. This is every division, every gender in NCAA sports. And the committee's got administrators on it as well. Um, and the rules go through, they at least used to go through a two-year cycle. So if usually this survey comes out like a year out of when these things would be voted on. Right. right. So, okay. but I also think, I do think it's probably men's soccer because of the MLS probably coming from, or people just sick of the, the craziness you see on some benches, right? I mean, there right. are some schools that it's out of control, the sideline right. behavior. Um, so I'm sure people are complaining about it and that's part of it. I mean, we have some purists in, in our in our college soccer that want it to look as much as like England or Europe as it can. And then I think we have some people that are okay with the, the circus style on the side. So it'll be, I'm interested to see how that comes, comes about how it's, uh, how it's um, uh, voted on because it is a new one. Yeah. I agree. I haven't seen it before either. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I, it has some merit. I'm, I lean more towards with Brian um, in a sense, it is college sports and if people, I do think people go too far sometimes and teams go too far with some craziness over there too. But as far as the coaches, I, I like the coaches to move. We we kind of have different things. If Carla Carla works with the back for us, and if she sees something in the backs a lot, she may jump up and run down there, and you know be able to do that. To lock down shape is an example. If we have possession and the other teams have, she may she may get up, run down there, and make sure we got lockdown shape. But I would prefer the coach be able the coaches to be able to do their job. Now talking to the referees, screaming to referees, another another subject. But as far as coaching and standing up. You know, I, I'm not against just to have one uh, for just have one coach up. What if, what if they what if they changed it? I'm going to throw a new survey question out there. What if the rule was only the head coach can talk to the official or the fourth official? Yeah, that would happen. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen assistants get red carded? I mean, that happens all the time, right? Yeah. So why don't and we then just we, and we get the red card? Then it goes to well, us, doesn't it? No. It doesn't. You obviously haven't dealt with that very much, nor have I. But no, if you get if the if the assistant gets the red card, um, they sit out. But I do think like that might help. But just saying, okay, if assistant's gonna yell, it's a matter automatic yellow. The head coaches will sort that out real quick. Anyway, okay, uh, let's keep going. Reinstatement of the pregame exchange of rosters with the referee. Anybody got a strong opinion about that one? <laughs> no, I don't even know why that one's on there. I mean, it was interesting to look at who they circled as starters a few minutes earlier, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not have to track 
yellow cards. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'll peek at teams before we play them just in case someone ineligible might line up. Um, well, yeah. yeah. But but the I had a coach come to me today and say, hey, can I get your lineup? I'm like, I, we don't do that anymore. He's like, yeah, no. Every game I've had, we do that. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's it's not a rule anymore. We don't have to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. to that one, Churchy? No, no strong opinion. I, I I do every because of injury. Sometimes I'm wondering if people are playing, and you know we had it beforehand, yeah. and you know if they're if they're going to be in the lineup or not. And the same thing Brian said too. Yellow cards is the only other thing I would look at, but no strong yeah. opinion. It could it could come back or it could stay out. I don't really care. No substitution. This is a big one. No substitute reentry second half. No, I am not. I am don't. not for that. I want three. Uh, I want the. And I don't see this. Go, I don't see this going away with Division three, and they have forty players on the team that try and keep. I mean, you're just asking for more trouble from yeah. kids being unhappy for not playing. I mean, kids are happy if they get five for minutes. Sure. Maybe not for happy, sure. but happier than getting zero. You know. Well, um. Well, here here's my take on it. I I'm not sure about that, Matt. I think when they know there's reentry, and there there is that five minute window in the middle of the second half where they could go in and run around and if they play in the in the SEC run into as many people as they possibly can during that five minutes um <laughs> the uh, I, I think that gives them a false pretense of of um availability to play I think if you limit substitutions they get that a little better and and then there there might be fewer complaints uh you know when, at come end of season that really revolve around playing time um this is but so so I am, and plus anything to slow the game down a little bit in college women's soccer. It looks nothing like the rest of the world. I'm not some sort of super purist, but if you can't re-enter in the second half, I think that would make the game much more tactical, even in the rotation or substitutions. I think it'd be really fun. I, uh, I you know, this is the beauty of a survey, Brian, because I disagree because you're saying now you're going to have plenty of kids that don't get to play at all. You think they're more happy not playing at all than the kids that do get some minutes? Um, yeah, I think because of the substitution rules, the kids know in the second half there's re-entry. Does that make sense to you? So maybe they get yeah. on the last. No, it makes first. it makes total sense to me. I'm just telling you that a kid that doesn't play at all is not going to be happier than a kid that gets to play some. That's my I opinion. Know. I get I get the mentality of. I know I'm not going in, but that's how to make them happy <laughs> that they know they're not playing. <laughs> well, I, I just think they know that they could come bustle and hustle and, you know, run around and I don't want to name the league, but run into as many people as they possibly you can. You already named the league. You already, five you, you already named it. You already, you already I, I named it. I know. Churchy, what do you, Churchy, uh, split the debate, please. Okay. Take you a guys side. Both have, you have interesting points. I am for your side, Matt, but I, I understand what Brian's saying. But, I, you know, kids that play – they play five minutes. They don't say they play five minutes. Oh, I played the game. You know, yes, so it's exactly. an open thing. It's it's. I may have played 45 minutes. I may have played 90 minutes. I played in the game uh, is what I feel. But I think Brian actually has an interesting point. It makes you definitely think uh, about his point, but, but I am uh, – I'm to keep it like it is. And they don't uh, ever right say I, I played five I minutes right. and ran in and, and ran and hit people. Bumped into people. God sakes. I, I played five right, minutes. Let's... I ran into eight people. I ran into eight people while, while I played. I don't even know what that minutes. means. I've been in the league 20 years. I don't know what running into people is. That's a uh, yeah, That is, that is, hey, Robbie, here's how Matt operates. 
if, if he was still in the Big 12, he'd be chiming in like there's no <laughs> Oh, yeah, I used to see that all the time, blah, 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 no, blah, blah. No, no, no. here in no. the Big 12, we play the beautiful game. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, expanded video <laughs> review to include offsides on um, goals, possible offsides on goals, and uh, red card offense on penalty kicks. How How is anybody not agreeing with expanded video review? I agree with it, but I also I'm concerned about how long is this going to take? How many of these going to happen? How long is this going to take? Is this going to extend the game? I think there's another one that I feel more strongly that's going to extend the game you may bring up. But I think the better, you know, if we can get these things right, let's get them right, especially those two, those two errors. So, wait, no, I, what, what's your point there, Rob? You, you want it or you don't want it? You just kind of went yeah. both ways there. It's kind of hard to follow. Sorry. I'm I'm in California. You know how you you get the California things. Things are a little different. Uh, So I want it. I want it for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because you said extending the game like it was a negative. Then you said, let's get it right. So I just just started to follow. I was concerned. I was concerned about that. I was concerned that it was going to extend the game. (laughs) Okay. That dust is getting to you. All right, Brian, what's your thought? (laughs) Uh, as much video replay replay as possible. Get it, the games yeah. are too tight; they're too important. Let's get it right. Yeah, I agree. All right, having the referee kick official time instead of the scoreboard. I I'm with Churchy on this one. We don't need to give him more responsibility. Let's keep it on the scoreboard as much as we can. Um, I understand Chris's point last week about it, but I I'm I'm in the camp of keep it on the scoreboard. Me too. Love it on the okay. scoreboard. Yeah. It's great to see yeah. the clock. Yeah. yeah, well, it's good for the fans, too. They count it down and get excited <laughs> when there's one minute to play and whatever. Okay, uh, reintroducing overtime in the regular season. I can go first if you want, or you guys you want to go? Churchy, give us your thoughts. <laughs> um. I like it like I like it like it is. Um, I, yeah. I'm not going to say both sides again. No, stay right like, like it is right now for me. No overtime. No overtime. Okay, Brian. Yeah, I originally was a no overtime guy. The more games I watch, uh, the the more I want to see it brought back. I think it opens up games late in the second half. Uh, games are a little more exciting when you don't have one team trying to sit in for a draw. Uh, I, I feel like this is very subjective, but I feel like when there's overtime looming, uh, there's, you know, less substituting by a team up one nil with 10 minutes to go from a pure like time wasting standpoint. You know, if you got the lead and you know it's going to end at 90 minutes, I think there's some real one kid goes in for 90 seconds. Next kid goes in for 90 seconds for the kid who just came in for 90 seconds before you get to the five minute where the clock would stop. Um, I'm, I'm with Churchy on this one. I think I like the no overtime because it's Thursday, Sunday, because I live in a state that's really hot in August and in uh, September. And I think that you're asking a lot of these players to try to be in overtime on Thursday and turn around and do it again Sunday. Physically, I like it. Um, I think it's fairer, but I think it leads us right into the next question, Brian. So that, would you change your tune if the, uh, clock stops? on every uh, substitution. So now you can't kill off the game. 
Yes, I would. So you'd be okay with no overtime if the clock stops on every substitution? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Churchy, thoughts on clock stopping each each substitution? No, I I would I'm I voted against that in my vote. I just I I can't imagine how long will that stretch a game out? Um, no, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I voted for the stoppage. I didn't really know why. You know, I try to think back to, you know, when you can watch Instat or I guess Y Scout and just watch the live game. It cuts out like what thirty minutes of the stoppage. I mean, obviously yeah, it wouldn't it would stop be, yeah. on corner kicks and goal kicks, but it would help that. Um, but I do think it would help the you can't kill off the game by substitution. Um, okay, uh, back to golden goal for overtime in the postseason. Yay or nay? Yes, I was. Even though I don't want the overtime, I was golden gold to bring back for me. I thought the excitement of the game ending at that point too. Right. Yes, absolutely, golden goal. That goes to like player fatigue as well. You know, no reason to play it out. I like the golden goal. It's exciting. But again, you, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying that you want overtime, but you're worried about fatigue of the players, so you want a golden goal. That makes no sense. <laughs> It makes zero sense. Hey, look at him thinking, Church. He seems thinking. He's thinking right now. He's thinking it was his no, He's not no, smiling. No, no. Not smiling. So he doesn't have a witty one. I, the principal's, I, the no, principal's calling witty. everybody out today. I, I, he is. Man, he's from. I, he is calling I, uh, everybody out today. I know. Chris isn't even here and he's grumpy. The, <laughs> no, my, the emphasis of mine is I just want a pure winner. The reason I don't like the constant subbing to kill I off nine okay. the game, I just want a, a real winner of the game. Yeah, I, I uh, that makes more sense. I'll say this: I am not for golden goal only because of the, and it doesn't happen very often. Don't get me wrong, but there is at times, and I live in Oklahoma, where the the weather plays a factor, right? So sure. I mean, we lost, we yep. lost to LSU. You know, five years ago in the conference tournament, and there was a wind going straight down the field, and we were trying to fight it. We had a minute to go, or we would have gotten the win, and we would have won. And we gave up a goal because they had a 30-mile-an-hour wind going straight down the field. So now it's not more about golden goal. It's more about the coin toss. And do you win the side of the field in overtime? So I think yeah. there's enough of that to, to be an option. Okay. You shouldn't um, let that one incredibly scarring moment affect your vote. <laughs> You're true, but you know that's the beautiful thing. I get one vote just like you do, buddy. So okay, uh, I think that's good for now. Uh, let's Woo. keep moving. Well, uh, I know. Hey, you know, hey, principals in, in play today. All right, um, coaches searches. So we've got now a number of jobs open. I know we we've been very vocal on this podcast about we hate it for guys that are losing their jobs, but we do need to move forward and, and look at some of these that are open. Uh, we've had a few filled in the last uh, a little bit. So uh, Richard Moody is the new coach at Purdue. Um, we have uh, Johnny Walker, the new coach at Creighton. Um, and then there was one more, Brian. Who's the other one? I'm missing one. USF. USF. Oh, yeah, Chris Brown. I think that's no surprise to anybody, right, that yeah. Chris got the job uh, as Denise stepped down. But thoughts on those three? Let's start with that. Well, number one. Isn't it isn't – every- it- Go ahead. No, you go, Ryan. No, you go, Brian. <laughs> okay, so, I'll, Brian, I'll, Brian, Brian, go ahead. Brian, go. 
Okay. Thank you, moderator. The, it's like the it's like one of the Republican debates or something here. You're just trying to moderate. The uh, the uh, uh, for an aspiring young coach, assistant coach somewhere looking at one of these mid levels, where can I break in? I'll tell you where to break in. South Alabama. That's mm -hmm. you know a, a history with Graham Winkworth did extremely well. Moody kept it going, and you know one ended up at Arizona State, and now one's at Purdue. Now Arizona State. And Purdue, that's not South Alabama in those leagues. Arizona State, South Alabama in that league is named Stanford, who's got all the advantages. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the Big Ten, they might not always win, but it's it's Penn State who's got all the yeah. advantages and all the best players and budgets and all those things. So Graham eventually got it going, and he is a great, great coach. But these jobs you come into aren't necessarily easy. Um, they're open usually for a reason. And uh, – you know, Graham, it took a little while and he's really established that program now. So, you know, with Richard, it's going to be the same challenge and produce produce expectations are really high. Are they not? You know, they're about two years removed, maybe three from a really, really good season. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that that'll be interesting. But any aspiring coach, go get the South Alabama job. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a it's almost a direct path into the power five. No, no doubt. Now, I will say. Let's be clear on this too. Though South Alabama jobs got a little tougher now with James Madison and ODU coming into that yeah. league and South oh, South sure. Southern Miss, and so Sun Belt maybe isn't quite as I don't want to say easy, but um, you maybe don't have as many advantages as South Alabama in that league as maybe you did the last few years. Uh, Georgie, thoughts on those three? Yeah, couple more schools committed to soccer. James Madison's yeah, got a strong commitment to soccer. So does ODU. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, my turn. Good. Yeah, Churchy, um, go for it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> for, hey, be careful, Robbie. Matt will put you deeper in the closet. Uh, oh, we got a clock. Oh, we got a clock. I'm cutting you off after a minute. Move. Hold on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I agree with with ODU and, and James Madison. That that makes that a pretty good league. You know, that, that league is getting yeah. better and better. And I'm not sure South Alabama is going to dominate like they have in the past. But both of those coaches have done a fantastic job. And I think that's a really, really good hire for Purdue. Great facilities there. Great conference to play in. So uh, he's got his work cut out, but I think he'll do a great job. I also think, too, the uh, you. I think you said Jim, Johnny Walker. I think it's Jimmy Walker. And Jimmy Walker. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jim, yeah. I was hoping to get Johnny Walker tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, what, do you, what, what do you have in front of you? Okay, so it's uh, – but Jimmy Walker's going to do a great job. He's going to do an absolutely fantastic job at creating another great facility um, – a place and you know again playing the big east with xavier and georgetown uh he's got his work cut out for him and Providence. those those three teams to, to get him at that level but i think that's a really really good hire and then obviously chris in south florida is gonna is uh is a no-brainer and everybody thought that was coming and deservedly so coming too it's going to keep them uh you know i think at the level they're at and, and still continue to grow too so i think the three hires have been excellent Okay, so uh, the coaching searches. Um, Kansas still out there. Miami's still out there. What else we got? Other other jobs that are out there. Do you have that list in front of you, Brian? I do not, but I can find it. Yeah, find it. What do you think about – I know, Church, you talked pretty big about Kansas last time. Is there any any updates? And obviously we're not going to speculate on names or anything like that, but um, do you, any idea of the time frame? The – the other big job is Boston College. Boston College, yeah. right. Yeah. Boston College is the other big job. And and not a word I've heard from from the two teams in our league, from Miami 
or Boston College. I've heard, you know, Miami are, is bringing people in, but no idea who or, or what they're looking for. BC have not heard an absolute peak at all. Um, but but I don't know. I, again, I was impressed with Kansas. I thought they're, they have their administrations look like they wanted to really fund this well. They wanted to really dive into this and, and, you know, they're a tough league that the big 12 is a, is a really, really going to be a good league next year. So they feel like, I feel like they really want to be part of that and play for a championship. So, but I haven't heard any names at all. Yeah. I, um, you know, I think I also think here, the coach at Duke in the league, how much, you, how much are they going to reach out to you? Like, I feel that always that way. Like how much do they really reach out to the people in the league. You know, they're yeah. trying, I'm talking about Miami and Boston College, obviously, but Kansas makes sense. Right. Um, right. Anything on your side, Brian, or you got the list pulled up there? I do. I mean, to me, the interesting, the South Alabama and UNCG jobs are the, are the mm. two, you know, latest ones. And those are good jumpstart to your career jobs. Both of them have really yeah. good histories. Eddie, who's in the final four, was at UNCG. Um, and South Alabama's got the, the couple guys who've been able to, you know, spin it to a power five recently. So Whoa. those are two. What? Really good mid levels. So when did Greensboro come open? Today. I've only. Oh wow! I did not know that. That's a great job. Brian, yeah, you're right. Great. You know, you know that you in the league. What great facilities! What a commitment oh, yeah. to uh, to soccer on both sides. Uh, and you know, the history of winning in that in at that school on the men's side and the women's side is really strong. That's a great, great job for young coaches. Right, Brian, why don't you just go ahead and read the list of uh, read the list you of jobs. Ball? Yeah. All right, I'm staring at them. Here, here's four that are filled officially, I guess. Stephen F. Austin, Creighton, South Florida, Purdue. I don't think I'm missing any there. And then open Hampton, West Georgia, George Mason, Kansas, George Washington, Eastern Michigan, Marshall, Boston College, Jacksonville, Illinois State, Temple, Stetson, Miami, Presbyterian, Cleveland State, Gardner Webb, San Diego, Bowling Green, South Alabama, and UNCG. There's some good jobs in there for sure, for sure, for sure. And some of those yeah. now have been open a while. Yeah. Like it's time. And I do think we're, you know, this December 1st is going to hit. People are going to really start locking this up here. Like we talked about the week yeah. after Thanksgiving, ADs are able to focus on a little bit more. They'll, they'll be going. Okay. Let's get into the bracket. But, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Georgie. Yeah. No, I think, can I say one thing about that is, I agree 100% what you said. Why are people waiting on some of these jobs? Some of those jobs have been there for a long time. What are yeah. administrators? What are they, what are they doing? They need their they need to be fair to their student athlete. They need to fill those jobs and they need to fill them with the best candidates they can. And my last thing would be on that Presbyterian. What, let's give Brian Purcell a shout. Out. Oh yeah, I mean what absolutely what, a fan, what an absolutely fantastic job he has done for a long time. And there couldn't be a nicer him and Billy Lassane are the two nicest people that you that you will ever meet over there. So. Congratulations, job well done, there, Brian Purcell. Yeah, I, no, Brian, go, ahead, go ahead, Brian. I want to echo that. Brian has done a fantastic job for a long time. People might not remember, transitioned Presbyterian from one of the top D2 teams in the country into Division One, and uh, just a fantastic job and, and a great ambassador for his university. That guy, yep. Bled PC, Blue Hose, I think is their name, uh, and uh, <laughs> lived it, loved it. He's a great man. I, I asked him to serve on the committee. He did it with open arms, did a great job. Cared, you know, you know, not a lot of groups from his league were getting ranked, but he always did a great job and focused and on time. And, 
you know, think back, boys, to our ODP game, guy, ODP days. He was a guy that you could rely on, that always did a good session, was a very good coach, always showed up. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Great guy. And congratulations to him on his retirement. I hope he has a fantastic one for sure. Okay, um, it's time. Let's get into the bracket. Maybe people waiting for. Um, we're going to save the big, exciting game to last. So, Churchy, don't jump into that game. Uh, you know, as you start to always, you kind of wander around when I give you these topics. Just we'll hold that game till the end. Let's talk about the other ones that weren't as exciting. Well, they were all exciting, but there was one that was really exciting. We're saving that one to the end, Churchy. Okay, so first one up. State wonder, wonder around, wonder yeah. around. I like, I, I like that choice of word. Thank you, Mister uh, Wonder. Florida State, Pittsburgh, uh, three nothing. Florida State. Robbie's pick for Pittsburgh to try and upset the Seminoles. I think they listened and and took it, took it, took offense to it, and they laid it on Pittsburgh three nothing. Congratulations <laughs> to Brian getting them back to the Final Four. I mean. I think we all thought when he took over for for Mark, it was going to be hard for him. But he has done a really good job of of back to back trips now into the Final Four, and clearly the favorite going in. I think. Um, but uh, any thoughts on that game with Pittsburgh? Uh, you know, at halftime, I was looking pretty good. I wanted you to make yep. sure you guys knew it, it was uh, nil nil. But what Florida State and their numbers bear this out? I think they play the most incredible second half team that I can remember. Um, their numbers are just crazy difference and uh, goals conceded and goals scored are just unbelievable crazy of what they played in the first half. So everybody gets to halftime. If you're down a gold or you're tied, everybody's excited about that. But then another gear comes in Florida state. So again, congratulations to them. And uh, that's all I'll say. Mr. Wonder is out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll say this about that game. I, I totally agree with Robbie. And it's a, it's a great trait to be a strong second-half team. But there's also a little small, you know, inkling of, of weakness letting teams hang around. And as you advance, the pressure rises. Mm -hmm. Semifinal pressure is up if it's nil-nil late. And um, it, it'll be interesting if that's the bugaboo that stops them. Because that, that would be the only, the only, the only real – Liability is sometimes they leave it too late. Okay. Uh, Clemson, Penn State, 2-1 Clemson um, on uh, three late goals, right? 0-0 zero, zero there for a long time. And then, oh, no, it's early on in the second half they scored. And Clemson scored, and then Pitts, uh, Penn State scored right after him. And then Clemson got a late winner. So congratulations to Eddie. We all were pulling for him. Eddie making it to his first Final Four, Clemson's first Final Four. Um, what a great season they're having and just continue to get it done. It shows you great leadership from them and their team. Um, so happy for them and, uh, and Eddie moving on thoughts from that game, uh, Brian. Um, you know, really what I thought um, as I was watching it was if Penn state was home, they were going to win. And if, and the games at Clemson, so they're going to win. I thought it was a yeah. good club game. Um, and that's why you scheduled to get a seed appropriate for your team. I thought Eddie did a great job with scheduling and worked his way into a one seed and it paid off in the quarterfinal. Got him to his yeah. first final four. Great point. Robbie. Yeah, I think it was typical Clemson 2023. They don't overwhelm you. They don't, you look at them and you, you know, you know, they're very good, but all they do is win. 
All they do is win. And they've won and won and won. And they've won by one goal in so many games this year. It's so much experience. It's quality. It's quality throughout their lineup. Uh, and, you know, it's quality throughout Penn State's lineup. But I think, you know, this it was just a typical game of what they've done all year, all year long. Um, at the end of the game, you feel like, wow, you're really in that game. We had a chance to win. But you didn't. And Clemson won. And they move on to play the next game. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stanford. Nebraska, Stanford 2, Nebraska 1, a late tying goal from Nebraska to push it into overtime, and Stanford gets one in overtime and moves on to the Final Four. Pretty pedestrian, really, for Stanford all the way through so far. Hasn't really been challenged. Um, you know, some of the scores are close, but I think most of the games are pretty uh, Stanford-heavy. Um, and But Nebraska, what a great season for them, a great Elite Eight run. Congratulations to John Walker. Um but in the end, um, Stanford uh, pre prevails and heads back to another Final Four. They weren't there for a while. People are starting to wonder about them. But here we are again, and, and there they are. So thoughts on them, Churchy? Yeah, I, my thoughts are more towards Nebraska because I think Stanford's a great team, obviously. I still have those tracks on my back uh, <laughs> from being run over by that train earlier in the year. Um, and I just think they're a great, great team. But, you know, Nebraska, what what an unbelievable run they've had! And what did their girl? What what did their forward end up with? Twenty eight goals. I think she had twenty eight goals this year. Twenty eight. Yeah. Um, I think it. Wow. I think it just shows the quality that was in Nebraska this year to get a late goal, force it to go go to overtime, and then Stanford comes. You know, they come through in the clutch time. Uh, Stanford's a dangerous, dangerous team uh, yeah. in the in this Final Four. I think everybody's talking about Florida State and State, and rightfully so. Uh, but please keep your eye on Stanford. Okay, Brian? You know, I thought the right team won in the end. Not, you know, I thought the margin was not extreme between those two teams, but probably the right team won. And, and Nebraska, what a season. Nebraska and Clemson, great examples of what you can do if you've got a really experienced team coming back. They both kind of built toward this year, really good coaches. And with senior-laden teams, had fantastic seasons. So I think we're all happy for John Walker in Nebraska. Um, but Stanford, that is one sneaky, unbeaten season. They're 19 yes. on the Yeah. Nobody's been yeah, talking about them in a super yeah. positive way. But they are 19-0-4. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see them this weekend. Okay. And then Saturday night in Provo, Utah, the – Carolina Tar Heels come rolling in with their 22 national championships against the BY Cougars in a sold-out, packed stadium that had to be shoveled off from the snow before it's cold, it's windy, the fans <laughs> are going crazy, and the game starts and Carolina scores. And then a few minutes later, Carolina scores again. And then uh, maybe 15 minutes later, Carolina scores again. And it's 3-0. But BYU gets a few chances in that first half where you think, huh, if they get a goal, maybe. But it's 3-0 at halftime with Carolina in complete control of the game by the scoreboard. Anton at his halftime interview says, we are going to sit our sixes a little deeper and try and absorb some of the pressure and defend a little bit more than we do. But what he didn't put into perspective is 
BYU now is going to go towards their student section. And what we've seen all year is when BYU goes towards their packed, crazy, ravaged student system uh, section, they are so dangerous. 15 minutes gets off the clock. It's still 3 nothing. North Carolina, you think, uh, it's unfortunate, but all of a sudden, a goal, BYU. The place erupts. It goes crazy. Next thing you know, there's a corner kick. Whipped in. <laughs> Golasso. Two <laughs> goals for BYU. It is now three to two. Not long after, another <laughs> goal. Fantastic finish. It's three to three. BYU and North Carolina are tied. What in the world? Carolina. Have they ever given up three goals? There's one minute to play. The ball gets cleared out. It finds its way to the BYU attacker at the top of the box. She makes a cut. And what? 4-3 BYU before the game finishes. And North Carolina loses a three-goal lead to the BYU Cougars. And congratulations to Jen Rockwell. They are headed to the final four with one of the most dramatic wins in the history of college women's soccer. Not that it was 4-3, not that there was snow on the field. They did that to North Carolina. I think we all were in shock. I think if the betters in Las Vegas would have put the houses on Carolina to come out of that game. But that, boys, is why we play the games for 90 minutes. <laughs> All right, what do you guys think? <laughs> we, what are we supposed to think? We have nothing to think. You covered it all. You covered A to Z. What the heck are we supposed to say after that? Well, Brian, what do, you, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Um, you know, Matt really laid it out there like the miracle on ice. But every time I talk yeah. to someone about the game, they always say one of the greatest comebacks in college women's soccer history. Somebody got another one? That was better than no, that. No in chance. A yeah. game against a bigger team. It's yeah. I, it's not even like debatable. That was North Carolina yeah. to make the college cup. And that comeback was unbelievable. And that last goal, and Carolina just looked depressed. It was like it was, yeah. oh, here it comes. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. unbelievable. You know, Robbie, I, I so, know it's your crosstown rival. I, I will disagree. Yeah, I know. I gotta be. I gotta be. I gotta hold some things back. But you know, I will disagree with you, Matt. There's no way that they were. You know, you said there were some glimpses that BYU was coming back. I didn't see any way in heck that they were coming back. To be honest, at halftime, I, I watched the first ten minutes, ten minutes of the second half, and then we went and went to bed. I was done at that point. <laughs> woke up, woke up like an old man does and has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Picked up the phone and saw our group text that we have over here, and you guys just all talking about the goals. And then I had to run quickly about two in the morning, three in the morning, and get YouTube and see the goal, see the comeback. <laughs> um, and I, I could not absolutely believe it. And just yeah. you know, hats. But you know, what a great environment. I mean, they want to show women's college soccer. Go to BYU and go to that student section. You know, oh, yeah. you know, would yeah. love to pick up that student section. And take them across country to, to carry this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, like, and think about to, like, to atmosphere like storm that. storm the field after. I mean, what a what a fantastic! I agree with you. 
fantastic show for for college women's soccer. Great, 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 great game. Um, I agree with you, Brian. No, no chance there's been a team a better comeback. All right, so let's do it. Time picking time again. So I I have I have three of my four still in. Churchy has two of his four. Well, it doesn't matter. We're gonna pick these four. So uh, first game up is um Florida. I I don't know when they're playing. I don't know. Oh yeah, it is on here. Okay, five o'clock. Florida State, Clemson. Brian, your pick. How about Florida State on a late winner? Maybe 2-1. All right. Churchy? I've always been the one going against everybody. I've been the salmon swimming upstream in the Florida <laughs> State because you guys have all declared Florida State the national champions since we started this tournament. And so I've been trying to be a, a voice of reason, but I can't do it anymore. Sorry, Eddie. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I keep looking like a fool every week by them. So I'm, I'm going to go Florida State. You are kind of the lead Corso of the group. Let's keep it real. I pick Florida State when this thing started. I'm sticking with them. Come on, Brian. Make me, make me just gloat like crazy next week. Uh, but again, great season for Eddie. I just think too much for say. I mean, it is. Oh, now let's get ourselves. That's the third time they played him. You know, they say how hard it is to beat a team three times in a season. So that is going to be, sure? I think, a great game. All right, well, BYU. People and say that, but people say that, but their front three isn't Bieta Olsen, uh, yeah. the girl with the name, the English girl I can't pronounce her name, and Dudley. Good <laughs> yeah, Lord. That's, that's an excellent point, Brian. All right, let's go. Um, BYU Stanford. I'll let you go first, Churchy. Well, uh, you know, I went with when we started this podcast, I went with BYU. Just seeing a little bit of that magic was in them. Um, I, I do know they don't have their student. Hopefully they'll have some student section down there, but I know they're not going to get the whole the whole group. Um, I got great, great respect for Stanford and what they've done. But, you know, I picked BYU at the beginning and the whole thing. So I got to go that now. Sorry, that was Mr. Wondering all over the place on that one. Yeah. So who are you picking? <laughs> BYU. <laughs> <fool>. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I mean, at this, point, to him. at this point, I'd say, you know, Stanford do everything you can not to get the lead against BYU. They came back against Michigan State from a goal down. They'd come back against North Carolina, one for the ages. A BYU has five kids with 10 goals, two of them have started a combined one game. Yeah. You must be kidding me. So Stanford's had a great season. I think this is a toss-up. Um, but I'm going to take BYU with a, a second-half stunner again. Yeah, I've watched Stanford. I watched the whole game against Mississippi State. I watched the um, just about the whole game. Actually, the whole game against Nebraska. I think Stanford's good. I think they're solid. I think they got um, – what's the kid up top? My Not Maya. What's her name? The forward Jasmine, Jasmine. Uh, no, is that Dom's? Dom's last. Dom's. Yeah. Dom's, Dom's, Dom's is up front in midfield. Myra Dom's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she's fantastic. One of the best players in the country. BYU is on it. BYU gets back to another final. There are too many veteran kids. That front group is just nasty. Give me BYU um, and Florida State for the for the national championship. And we got to pick it because we won't be back on again. So. Your national champion is Churchy. 
Um, I started this picking by picking BYU, so I'm going to stay with them all the way through. Wow. BYU. Okay. Ryan? All right, you two are just so smart. I tar- I started this thing by picking UCLA, and they lost in the first round. But they'll be back next year, <laughs> with Marguerite. Um, I think <laughs> I think it's going to be uh, a banger of the game. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not even turning it on until halftime because it, it's going to be nil-nil at halftime. It's going to be a dull fest. And then FSU-BYU second half, I'm going to take FSU 4-3, BYU <laughs> BYU hits the bar that. at 89.59 because we can all see the clock. So don't vote against that. We'd like to see the clock. Hit the bar with a potential equalizer, and FSU sneaks out with another national championship. Uh, you know, I saw the three stars on Florida State's uh, jersey um, this week. I noticed that the fourth star comes. I've, I've had him from the beginning. as my pick to start the season. Now, again, I get their number one team in the country. But they have just got it going. Those kids are hungry after last year's loss. I think Florida State comes home with it. Uh, BYU, and I just think that front line is going to be too much for BYU's back line. Uh, I like I like a 2-1. I do think BYU gets a goal. I think it's 2-1 Florida State, and they, they raise the banner again. Um, okay, uh, so there's our predictions. Robbie's got BYU. Brian's got um, – Florida State, I have Florida State. And Chris called in. Chris has Harvard to, to win it all. <laughs> to win it all. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, just last minute, last minute things, and we'll get out of here. Um, the portal is popping, as I like to say. Uh, crazy. You know, I do think we have to look at some legislation on how we help these kids out that are going to the portal. You know, they have it's so hard. They have to get in at the end of the season, but then they have to get done by the dead period. I mean, the team's still playing this weekend, right? There may be kids in Florida State or, or BYU or Clemson or, or Stanford that want to go in the portal. They can't until the season's over. And then how would they do it? You got finals. You got all this kind of stuff. There has to be some legislation for something. I don't know what it is or how we do it, but um, it does make it hard for these kids for sure that are trying to go in January. Um, so uh, any thoughts on the portal, Brian? Portal's buzzing. I'll tell you that. And, you know, I think with, you know, some of the major schools that haven't made hires yet or any of the schools, they're really um, the new coach needs the opportunity before the dead period to jump in the portal and at least get conversations going for the sake of the program because kids are starting to commit. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts, Churchy? Uh, Is it me or is it most of these kids want to come mid-semester? Is this the most uh, every every again? This is we're in the portal a lot this year. Um, and it's, it, but this, the kids want to get here mid semester. It's, it's very difficult in this short time period of when the portal opens up by the time you start you, with the dead period in there for three weeks. And then when you come back in, there's a short period before mid semester starts. So it's very, very difficult timelines here too, uh, especially for all the ones that want to go with mid semester. Yeah. That uh, makes it hard. No question about it. Okay. I think that's it. Good luck to the four teams. I think we're hoping for great games, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock um, on Friday night, right? Tomorrow night. Um, okay. Uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, college soccer, um, appreciate you tuning in, downloading. Tell your friends. DJM, thank you for produ- producing this. College Soccer Nation is out. <laughs>